This fresh coat of the startup life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexel series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was going to be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was going to take up a lot of our time, which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. And after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top-notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush, which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, fill your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me. Your time will thank you. All right, Startup Nation. So we've been seeing and hearing about a lot of different business stories going on. And I, I figured that, you know, uh, w- with so many of them being so interesting, I thought we'd bring in an expert to kind of help us explain some of those things. So we have here Juan Roboldi, who is an international business advisor and principal and president of Accent Advisor, a management consulting firm. Uh, he's also the author of his upcoming book, Strategic Transformation, How to Deliver what matters most and that'll be coming out uh later this fall startup nation for you to pick up so juan how are you good today good sir good very well no worries thanks no for worries. inviting me here oh, no worries thank you so much for for coming along so i uh, wanted to talk to you about a few things because like i said you know telling startup nation there's been a few things in uh in the business world that you know have been really interesting but i think there uh there's some some lessons that can be learned yeah so the first one I wanted to talk about was uh, the thing with Ellen and her show. We've come to find out that maybe there's been uh, some culture issues. One of the producers kind of came out and said uh, maybe somewhat of a toxic kind of workplace. If you would kind of set the stage a little bit and what are some of those lessons we can learn from there? So, you know, the concepts of uh, toxic workspace uh, have been around for several years and I think that the trend keeps mounting in some ways as people uh, experience added amounts of stress and uncertainty and there's even more uncertainty about job security and income and all that. I think that you you start seeing more of that and I still think that the role of the leader in setting the right tone, setting the right example, addressing uh, mis conduct right on the spot is critical to creating the right culture for the workplace. And if you do, you can still have a very professional, very productive and and enjoyable place to come to work, even in the middle of all these conditions. So I think it's something that leaders definitely play a very important role in creating. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we've seen this, like I said, we talked about, you know, the, the Ellen DeGeneres show and, and I think maybe uh, the future of her show is kind of in limbo. And we've seen this like in, uh, you know, uh, in uh, sports teams with coaches and, and college coaches and stuff like that, where maybe there's some improprieties with like, you know, assistant coaches or something like that, that the head coach or something didn't even know anything about. So I want to ask you this and Startup Nation, you know, I want you to pay close attention to this because I think it's important. I, I want to ask you this one. So like, let's say you're the, the leader, right? You said it comes from the top and stuff like that. Let's say you're the leader and you have no idea 
that this stuff is going on underneath the bottom. Now, obviously, you're not uh, a big fan of it at all, but you have no idea this stuff is going on. Once you find out that some of this stuff and some of that toxic behavior is going on, what what are some of those steps? What are you doing in those first couple of days to address it, fix it, and all that stuff? That's a great question. And I would say that the first thing for any leader to do when you hear about this stuff that is going on is not to dismiss it or to minimize it, gotcha. which is a very common tendency for a lot of leaders. They are very busy. There's a lot of you know, pressing on their time. The last thing they want to do is to open up an employee's relations issue in the organization. By not doing that, right. you're essentially sending the example that you really don't care about what's going on and you're essentially sanctioning it. Right. And that becomes very, very destructive to to the culture and the workplace. So the first thing I would suggest that you do is to actively address it uh, by finding out exactly what's going on. And you probably need to get into um, talking with several sources. And the best thing at this point would be to get personally involved in asking input from a couple of different sources, making sure that you understand, you know, the the issue from multiple perspectives. Um, Another important thing while you do that Uh is that it's very common for a leader to feel that by listening to people's uh, grievances and complaints, you're essentially agreeing with them and siding with them. Uh, Employees would tend to want to believe that. And you have to be very careful to remain uh, neutral for at least for a while until you can make a decision on what action to take. So the important thing is to listen attentively, ask a lot of questions, get a lot of information, thank people for their time, tell them that their information will be kept confidential. You're not going to go about and say, so-and-so is telling me this about you. But at the same time that you are willing to take action. So that in itself sends a very clear message to the organization that this is important to you, that you care, and that you are seriously investigating what is going on, and that the employees that are speaking up are safe. Gotcha. And I think that that's a very important first step. Yeah, that, I think that's super important. Not only that they are safe, but that also that they feel safe, what I imagine. Yeah. I mean, because uh, I, I know a lot of times where we have these these environments you know i actually kind of have a little bit of experience with that excuse me myself where it's like you know i know i'm not like in danger but just like but it's one thing to not be in danger but there's a whole another thing to have that peace of mind that you're not uh in danger of like being fired being hurt being criticized you know uh you know uh, without you know cause or something like that so i appreciate all of that juan for sure yeah Another thing that I I think is very important for leaders to be very careful is the role that they play into these type of things. Because everyone has their own, I would say, shortcomings and tendencies and opinions and points of views. And as a leader, all of those get magnified and many times distorted and misinterpreted. So if you have been party to joking about an employee for whatever reason behind their back. And now you act very surprised that that employee has been targeted, you know, for some other, you know, her form of harassment or discrimination and all that. Be very aware that uh, your behavior has, you know, put some mud on your hands too. Right. 
so so it's very important for the leader to really constantly be very introspective ask for feedback and you know if if you feel like in some cases you may have being a little light about certain topics mm. it's fine to acknowledge that you know and and not not necessarily to admit to i have been discriminating or i have been sexually harassing people but to say you know there there might be things that i have said that people may have interpreted as discrimination or harassment it was never intended my to be that way and i apologize if anyone took it that way and you know coming across authentic about that sends a lot of trust for people i appreciate that thank you for sharing all of that for sure yeah. once again startup nation we're talking to juan Roboldi, the president and principal of accent advisor if you want to check out that website we have a link there in the show notes accent uh accent advisor uh, dot com uh, that once again that link is in the show note if you show notes if you listen to the replay on uh, the podcast i want to sh- shift gears here Juan, if i could because you know also recently in the news that you know the washington football club as it's being uh called these days they're kind of going through a rebranding a retooling uh, i know for the longest time i only referred to them as washington for obvious reasons uh the washington football team for obvious reasons uh, so kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, and if you do have any stories of helping uh, business leaders and stuff like that go through a rebrand, kind of share uh, that with us, if you don't mind. Many uh, groups these days are becoming more sensitive about the, their brand, the, the message behind their brand, what they stand for. And if they feel that some of the things that their brand connotates is no longer uh, appropriate or no longer sending the right message. Right. Uh, there's definitely a, a, a need for rebranding. And the interesting thing about that, again, is one of looking into the future and not trying to revisit the past. Mm. I mean, like we have a lot of um, names and, 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 you know, labels and things that I, in some point in time that were probably fine or nobody you know associated them with any kind of issue but later on they become an issue and rather than making a big deal about have we been you know doing wrong all along is saying we are taking a forward step about doing right going forward and 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 i and sending that message about how we want to be portrayed how we want to be known what is important about us is is important to present the right message to to everyone so i think that we don't necessarily need to be ashamed of our past Mm -hmm. we need to recognize that uh, as we know more we can do better right and and you know so now we are more sensitive of some things that we can you know, rebrand and and espouse different values and and different points of views to be more in sync with what is important at the time. For sure, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. In that same mm-hmm. vein, I want to ask a, a follow up because you know uh, it's not just happening with you know the Washington uh, football team, but we're seeing stuff uh, even on like uh, your uh, streaming server Disney Plus where they're re they're repackaging and they're bringing back old. Uh, content from like the 40s and 50s and it's kind of severely out of context now uh, even HBO mm-hmm. Max had to uh, have a, a full disclaimer or disclosure if you will uh, right before they played I believe it was Gone with the Wind now it has like this three minute uh, you know disclaimer about you know the 
what was going on at the time and stuff like that. I, I guess what I want to ask is this. Like, I understand that you have to have a disclaimer, maybe even some editing tricks from time to time. But is there a point where, you know, you can go too far with <laughs> stuff? You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I think that we cannot judge history by the standards of the present. That's we have to judge history at the standards of their own times. And each time has its own you know, sense of what is right or wrong, what is important, what is critical at the time, what is sensitive. And you can only understand history by grounded in the things of that time. Right. Uh, now, anytime you show a movie from a few decades ago, do you want to do a little bit of history recap of what was going on back at that time? Right. I don't know. I mean, right. you, you probably assume that if someone somehow is, you know, concerned about what they're seeing, you know, they could do a little bit of research and say, well, look, this is the context of the time. Um, to me, it's fascinating to actually understand that and, and, and appreciate that because it shows us how as a civilization and as societies, we're constantly evolving, constantly you know, improving or, or finding better ways of doing things. So, you know, you could watch a, a movie from decades ago and be super critical of everything you see or appreciate what it was like back in the 50s right. and realize how different it is now. You know, it's several decades since then. For sure. For sure. Appreciate you uh, sharing that. You know, once again, we're wrapping up with Juan Riboldi, uh, president and principal of Accent Advisor. I want to ask you this because, you know, we, we're now hearing about how Amazon is thinking about getting into the mall business. Right. You know, they're, they're yeah. thinking about taking over uh, or kind of helping out JCPenney with some of that stuff. It, it, it's kind of weird how as a society like we have this, you know, the marketplace has these weird you know, or wow uh, pendulum swings to one way first we're all in malls hanging out and stuff now we're all i mean even before the uh -huh. pandemic yeah. uh, then we were all like you know having stuff delivered and and buying stuff online but now amazon seems like it's trying to switch back to maybe that physical thing how do you advise companies in your work one to kind of handle those pendulum uh, changes because like i mean it seems like the market can change with the wind at times yeah yeah so it's very interesting what you are saying. Um, I think that the important thing for businesses, whether you're a part of a large corporation like Amazon or a small uh, privately owned company trying to survive in these times, is to anticipate trends the best you can and try to move ahead of that trend right. rather than follow or, or try to do things the old way. And it's not easy always to anticipate, but in general, the companies that are moving ahead and, and, and taking a step forward a little bit at a risky, you know, uh, move tend to become the innovators, tend to be the ones that set the new normal. So if Amazon is now set up to revive the, you know, the mall as a shopping work, uh, shopping experience, uh, there's definitely going to be a redirection of, of what that experience looks like, who's the player, how we play, and it may be able to rekindle some desire for people to have that live in-person experience. Right. Um, so I, I think that it is important to, to try to anticipate where the trends are going. Now, 
to your point, it's very hard to anticipate because things are changing so fast. Right, right. So sometimes I think that the best way you can innovate is to be deeply aware of a need that your customers have that is unmet and find a creative way to meet it. You know, so if Amazon is now, you know, basking in the days of online shopping, but now they're spotting a need for physical shopping experiences, guess what? They are moving into that space and they're going to do well too. For sure, for sure. You know, I, I want to ask you this, and, and you know, kind of thinking long term when it comes to uh, Amazon and its prospects. You know, because you know they have the online space pretty much, you know, locked up. I mean, they they you know, <laughs> if they weren't king before COVID, they're definitely king now. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, but but you know, even before the pandemic, you know, they moved into you know the grocery store space. Like they have this thing with with Whole Foods now, and now trying to do this thing with. JC Penny, do you ever anticipate or maybe uh, become very worrisome that Amazon could possibly stretch itself too thin? Oh, um, I don't know as far as, as stretching themselves. Well, I mean, you could say stretching themselves too thin. They mm-hmm. definitely have resources to oh, stretch themselves sure. far and wide. Right. They are like like most organizations that become so incredibly successful they go through a process of expansion. And in that process of expansion for a while, it seems like they're essentially conquering the world. And sometimes the universe even. And at some point you realize you can do everything with excellence, Mm. that you are still going to be good at certain things. So that is the dilemma for for the big giants. Now, we, we live in times now that it's really interesting how there is almost a polarization in the business world towards the giant enterprises that seem to become massive conglomerates and then a myriad of smaller companies that are constantly starting up and and you know trying new things and and being regenerated so the middle space is a difficult space uh, these companies that become giant, they have massive resources and they can scale in ways that few can and, and explore new things that others probably can do. So they tend to continue to be in power for a long time. Right. But again, like I was saying earlier, it comes to a point that can you really be excellent at so many things? Mm, right. And, and there's usually a, a natural curve at which point, you know, there's others that start nitpicking at at all your uh, frontiers and becomes really hard to compete on all your fronts. Right, right. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I want to ask you this you know, really quickly uh, before we kind of wrap it up. Uh, you know, what, no, I mean, sticking to the Amazon thing, take away the, the war chest of money, take away the online part, take away all of that. At its bare minimum, what is it that Amazon does really well that an upstart retailer, an upstart e-commerce uh, person who's trying to start something out of their home, what can they learn from Amazon, you know, even huh. if you take away all those things? That's great. Well, I mean, uh, uh, it, the genius of Amazon and Jeff Bezos was to stick to this concept of an online marketplace right. and continue to hone into it and and fine-tune it and started in a very small niche like right. book book selling right. and continued to expand and expand and expand even to the point that he 
the uh, deferred profits for a long time, right. just trying to increase market share. So what are the lessons that we can take away from that is uh, find a niche that is very attractive, that is a trend of the future and become excellent at it. And even if you have to sacrifice profitability, continue to grow and expand and you're likely to build a very successful long-term business. For sure. For sure. Thank you for so much for all of that. So uh, one, one last question, I promise I'll let you go for sure. Uh, because, you know, in the, in this pandemic, we're, we're, we're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, we're talking a lot of startup founders, and they're saying there's opportunities uh, in the chaos, if you will. There's opportunities when there's downturns, there's opportunities when things seem uncertain. Uh, what are you seeing right now that uh, a startup founder uh, in a niche or somewhere can take advantage of the of an opportunity? What opportunities are you seeing that are just kind of ripe for uh, the taking right now, in your opinion? Okay, so definitely, I mean, it would be difficult to number all the different fronts that the new economies are, are opening up. But what I think that most entrepreneurs are finding right now is that they are struggling uh, with the tension of keeping the lights on, keeping the doors open, keeping the employees safe in this environment, and at the same time, investing in that future. We are several months now into the pandemic. We don't know exactly how far or long this is going to go, but you can see that there is still the investment into what will come out of this, you know, what what is going to be the next move and how how people will come out of this stronger. But at the same time, the reality is that uh, profits are very tight. Uh, Sales are usually down. There's a lot of uncertainty in the markets. So so the entrepreneurs these days are trying to juggle the present realities with the future opportunities. being able to place their bets wisely, which is not easy because you never know exactly what's going to work. So I see many entrepreneurs placing multiple bets, hoping that at least one or two of the multiple bets they're placing will work out. So I've seen entrepreneurs even betting on five to seven different strategies, hoping that some of them will indicate that they are the winner and maybe the others, you know, could be left behind. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much. And that's going to take our time here in the startup life. We want to thank uh, Juan Reboldi for coming on and giving us some amazing advice and kind of walking us through some of the uh, top business news that's been going on uh, the past couple of weeks. Thank you so much, Juan. We really appreciate it. Definitely. I really enjoy this time. I really appreciate talking with you. Oh, no worries. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.